0: Om Sri Sai Ram Prashanti Sandesh. Question and answer session welcomes you. Today's question is this. Why all fear death? Why all fear death? Why? That's the question. The answer I'll try to furnish. Based on our scriptures. In fact, everyone is fear stricken, be that a, an innocent, ignorant one, or a scholar. Be that rich or poor, strong or weak, irrespective of caste and community, one is literally shaken as one thinks of the very word death. He is not prepared to hear because he will be full of fear. Actually speaking, what is death? The loss of the body, separation from the body is death. But in reality, as per scriptures, you are not the body. You are the indweller, Dehi, the one inside the body, Deha. Deha is what you see, you look at. Inside that, there is Dehi, the indweller. And this Dehi, the indweller there, has, none, has nothing like the five senses of cognition or action. And the Dehi, The eternal spirit or awareness or consciousness is permanent. It is existence, bliss, and awareness. What happens is just as we change our clothes, the self will be changing the bodies, life after life. Being in the body, the self. Is a witness to the whole of the body. So he is the invala, but not the body. This mistaken identity only makes him totally fearful. The fact is, the self is embodied in everyone, and the self sets on a great pilgrimage life after life and the self identifies with varied forms and the self in these varied forms gain determined set of experiences. Therefore, the self may put on a vesture and may go through the specified determined set of experiences. You are that self and not the body. Some people may consider that birth is merely accidental happening. No, birth is not an accidental happening. Some people think that after death, everything vanishes. That's also wrong. Because after death, you don't become mere non-existent nothingness. You are not non-existent nothingness by death, no. Therefore, with the help of the intellect we are gifted with, we should have that apprehension of a continuity from the past through the present, and to the endless future. It is the past that is brought forward today. And these days, account will be brought forward tomorrow. It is one of continuity. So also life. The body may be born, and it may die, but the spirit remains the same. But the spirit as it is within the body, It appears to be conditioned by different body equipments, but not so. And then this self within the body is is bound to pass through certain experiences in ordained environments so it is in the context it is suggestive that we will have life after life meaning we, we had one body in the past we have this body now and we may we will have another body just as we change our clothes the spirit remains the same it only, it indirectly means reincarnation life after life well three points are very unique in Sanatana dharma the first point is the theory of reincarnation janma and punar janma the second theory is theory of fatalism or karma siddhanta and the third one is Advent of an Avatar, Avatar Vada, Avatar Vada, God coming down on earth in a human form. These are the three unique features in Sanatana Dharma, not noticed anywhere, not proclaimed openly. But coming to this theory of reincarnation, Janma and Purnat Janma, I vaguely recall, that Christ indirectly proclaimed this because Christ told his di- disciples John the Baptist was Elisha at one time. And then the records say that the origin, the origin, the most learned Christian father declared that every man received a body for himself according to his deserts in former lives. Every man received a body for himself, according to his deserts in former lives. It only means, basing on the consequences of the past life, he takes upon himself the body, accordingly in this life. This is what reincarnation is. But at the same time, We also know that Lord Buddha referred to this principle of reincarnation when he spoke about Bodhisattva. We also know pretty well great thinkers, seers like Virgil, Ovid also accepted the theory of reincarnation. We we know that there is a sect Jews community, Judaism, Jews. Among them, the Josephus, prominent Jew, accepted reincarnation. Further, the Solomon, the wise man, in his book of wisdom, declares this way, To be born in sound body, with sound limbs, is a reward of the virtues of the past lives, the world of the virtues of the past lives. What more we want to mention in support of reincarnation. I also heard that the Islamic prophet declared this way, I died out of the stone and I become a plant. I died out of the plant and became an animal. I died out of the animal and became a man. And finally, I shall die out of man and shall become an angel. See that transition, theory of evolution wonderfully stated by Islamic prophet. We also heard that German, German philosophers like Goethe, Fichte, Schelling, and Lessing accepted reincarnation theory. Why? The recent philosophers, Homer, Spencer, Max Muller, declaring that. Declaring that this doctrine, incontrovertible, incontrovertible, there is nothing to differ from this theory of incarnation. Well, we also read in our college days that the poets of the West, Robert Browning, Rossetti, Tennyson, Wordsworth, also refer to this reincarnation. Now, coming back to our own scriptures, Bhagavad Gita, it clearly explains the permanence, the eternity of the spirit or consciousness or Atma and the body is, after all, temporary. We are are fear-stricken or grief-stricken because we identify with our body for example bhagavad gita second chapter 12th verse natva natve vaham natvam neme janadhipa nacaivana bhavishyamah sarve param clearly said it There's nothing like you being not there in the past, there is no doubt that you will continue to exist, even in future. However, the body is prone to different changes and these modifications are the sources of all sorrows in every embodiment. There are vital changes which are common to all, like birth, existence, growth, Decay, disease and death. But at the same time, all these changes are denied in the self, the awareness, the atma and the immutability of the self is proved. After all, the physical body is born, but the self is unborn. You are the self and not the body. It is the eternal factor that exists at all times. For example, it is a wave that emerges. It is a wave that is born in an ocean. And ultimately, it is a wave that subsides back in the ocean. Wave is born and it subsides. But sea is unborn. The sea will continue even though there are no waves. Ocean does not die away when waves disappear. No. Why? Because things that have beginning alone can end like waves. So self is unborn and eternal, birthless and deathless. These two aspects, birthlessness and deathlessness, are. Uh, suggested in these two words, Aja, birthless, Nitya, deathless, eternal. See that. That's what is said in this sloka. Then we pass on to the second chapter, 24th sloka. Second chapter, 24th sloka. Achejyam adahyaha aklejyososya evacham nichyasarvagata stanuhu achaloyam sanatanaham. Very clearly said. Before I forget, let me draw your attention what Anjane Swami said to Sri Ramachandra. Anjanaya Swami says, O Rama, if I am the Self or Supreme Atma, I and you are one. From Atmic point of view, there is no difference between me and you. atma mujhya vaham from that Atman point of view. This difference is because of Upadhi or vesture that we have taken up. When this body identification is gone, we'll realize, Sivoham Sivoham, I am permanent, I am Siva. That's what is said here. And here, see, so many descriptions to this self, so wonderfully given. The self cannot be cut, it cannot be burnt, nor moistened, nor would it ever dry up. It is eternal, all-pervading, stable, immovable, and ancient. Wonderful, unparalleled, excellent description of Atma, the Supreme. It is everlasting. Why? Because it cannot be annihilated by any known methods of destruction of nature or by man. It cannot be killed, it cannot be annihilated. Why? Because it is Nitya, everlasting, indestructible. It cannot be destroyed. And then since that is eternal, it is necessary that it is all-pervading. Sarvagata, all-pervading, meaning which pervades everywhere meaning there is nothing that is not pervaded by the all-pervasive. This envelops all. All, all All-pervading has no shape. Why? Because the shape is conditioned. A thing that is conditioned should necessarily have a form of its own. When you say Sarvagata, All-pervading means it has only itself all around it and at all places. It is unconditioned by anything other than itself. So, that which is nitya, eternal, is sarvagata, all-pervading. And then it must necessarily be stable, sthanu because no change can ever take place in it. No place. So, that which is stable, sthanu, must be firm, achala. Self cannot move anywhere. It cannot shake or move, since movement implies the transfer of a thing from one set of time and place to another set of time and space where it was not. It only means it is everywhere. All-pervading Sarvagata, that's what it meant. Emotionless thing. So, it is firm or Achala, emotionless. Sthanu, the stable Achala, motionless, or stable and firm, sthanu achala. Well, some may think, don't they mean the same? That being stable, uh, naturally it will be firm. That which is firm, naturally it would be stable. Then why these two words, stable and firm? Sthanu achala. Why? Stability at the base. As in the case of a banyan tree, stability at the base. At the base of the trunk, it is stable, no doubt. And yet at the tip, it is moving. Meaning, it is firm, it won't fall. That's what it is. Sthanu and Achala. Truth is stable at the base and firm at the top. Sthanu and Achala. So it is sanatana, that which is ancient. Here there are two interpretations. one is one has obvious meaning, which states that self is not new, no, it is not nutana, it is not new at all. Then there is suggestive interpretation. It is sanatana implies self is unconditioned by time and space. Who can explain better than this? Which scripture would come forward with any other better interpretation? Impossible! Because this is straight from Lord Krishna, who gave us this song, Celestial. Now we pass on to Second chapter, 30th Loka, Sankhya Yoga. Dehi nityam avadhyayam. Dehe sarvasya bharata. Tasmat sarvani bhutani. Natvam sochitu marhasi. See that very clearly said it. And Bhagwan goes on to explain in his own divine style, that this indweller in the body of everyone is ever indestructible. Ever indestructible, meaning it cannot be destroyed. The subtle reality in each body, the indwelling spirit in every creature is eternal and indestructible. He repeatedly says that all that is destroyed is only the container, the finite matter, the envelopment, that's all. In other words, in the entire session of Sankhya Yoga of Bhagavad Gita, Lord Krishna goes on to say, Speak on this eternal nature of the soul and the finite nature of the body. Wonderful, really, indeed. And same Krishna, Advapara Yuga. Today, in the form of Sai Krishna, explains these, these uh, eternal truths in his own inimitable style. When once you know the nature of the self, you will be blissful tattva tattva when you do not know the nature of the spirit you will naturally be worried very much worried tensed brahma brahma when once you know the nature of brahma what is his nature Existence, awareness, bliss, Satchidananda. Then once you know the nature of Brahma, you become Brahma all by yourself. There are so many forms of different shapes and sizes, but the Self-Awareness, the Atma, the Consciousness, is one and the same. So, from Atmic point of view, or rather, it is Atma that unifies all, though bodies may be different. It appears as though it is different because in everyone it is present. The self is present in everyone, therefore we think that self or consciousness is divided. So, from the point of the body, it appears as though it is divided, but the, from the point of consciousness, it is the one that unifies. It has no beginning, it has no birth, it has no death, it is eternal. That is the real wisdom. There lies your, uh, your emancipation. There lies your liberation. That's what Baba says. In another poem, Swami says, He is eternal because He has no birth, He has no death anadivadu. Being ancient, the primordial principle, the self has no beginning, no middle, nor the end. Ancient. Tanu putaka, He cannot be killed. Yes. He won't die. Atma is deathless and birthless. Atma poodahi tanu andevelasi yundu Within this body, God is present in the form of Atma. The very self is divine, nothing less than that. In another poem, Baba explains like this, Dehamu pancha The body is composed of Five Senses. It is bound to fall. It is bound to die. One time or another. The indweller is eternal. If we really understand, if you know the indweller, the Self, has no birth, has no death. Moha, nibandhanala Mudralulevu The self or consciousness does not carry any stamp of bondage or liberation. Nijambura un true inquiry you'll come to know that. Dehige Devadewudu that indweller is God Himself. Mading Ganutimpaga Atmaru on inquiry, you will come to know that God is in the form of self within you. Atmarupa. Therefore, the question put to us is, why all fear death? All fear death because of body identification, the mistaken identity. But when once we understand and experience by our continued sadhana, and by the divine grace of our God, when we realize that we are not the body at all, that we are that consciousness, that we are that eternal self that has no birth nor death either. It is just a, a, a witness. But that kind of understanding, that kind of awareness that we get by His divine blessings, may make us free from the fear of death. Thank you. Sai Ram.